well, go for it then. Guillaume. From Tout, thank you so much for coming along on the Green Element podcast. I am so looking forward to finding out more about what it is that you do. I came across you from a friend of mine, actually, who works in media, and she emailed me and said, wow, look at what these guys are doing. You need to get them on the podcast. And we reached out, and you thankfully said yes. So thank you so much for saying yes. I know that you are probably incredibly busy, and in your words, disrupting the shipping industry. Um, I can't wait to find out more. Thank you very much, Will. You've got really good friends. <laughs> I like to think so. I like to think so. So, I mean, let's, if you could, what is it that you do, you know, in a nutshell, really? We use the wind and try to harness it to transport uh, large amounts of cargo in a CO2 neutral way and uh, to promote it and value it on the end, on the end customer's market so as to uh, make it um, uh, viable on the long term and build new selling cargo uh, vessels. This is what we do uh, in a nutshell. Um, just to develop uh, a little more, uh, we charter existing sailing vessels. We've done so for the past 10 years. We've uh, moved about a thousand tons of cargo. It can be coastal, crossing the channel or along the European coast or across the ocean. Uh, so we started trading goods, buying and, and selling goods for what they were uh, noble enough and good enough to be transported transported by sail and for what they had a, a, a virtually a nil carbon footprint and then started working on uh, behalf of third parties or cargo owners and then uh, we uh, have invested the last three years in uh, R&D and are about uh, to uh, launch the build of um, a 67 meter thousand ton uh, carrying three masted uh, sailing cargo vessel um, with, um, you know, a middle, large or, or middle-sized company on board, importing cocoa beans and coffee, uh, as well as tequila from Mexico, or exporting cognac champagne as well as, uh, as jams, for instance, uh, at a different freight rate, at the freight freight that includes uh, the fair deal for the planet, and that allows the... Um, the cargo owner to apply on each of the product a label called Animos that actually documents and gives the end customer, uh, customer the uh, the information about how uh, the crossing happened. And I mean, this is this is so funny, isn't it? How we're uh, almost going back in time mm-hmm. um, with what you're with what you're doing. And I know a friend of mine was involved in a Dutch firm that. Um, he d- helped design kites that yes. went were retrofitted onto boats, so therefore they could use trade winds and turn, I guess, turn off the engines and winch the kites up into the air, and therefore they would then get pulled along by the kites. And you've almost, I guess, you've gone one step further in some ways, where you're actually only using sail to go across and so if i was a coffee company um is it more cost effective to use you well you can't have uh, both a beautiful ship a zero carbon neutral uh, well zero carbon footprint 
and a really nice label uh, and something that costs less than than something that already cost almost nothing because uh, existing shipping uh, if you were to uh, import 30 tons of coffee in a 40 foot container from Veracruz Mexico let's say to Southampton you probably uh, pay a 500 uh, pounds or dollars for the for the shipping which is very little uh, per coffee bag um that's something like one thousandth of um of a penny um so this is the current cost of uh shipping shipping doesn't charge you for the emission uh, of uh mostly co2 but also sulfur uh, gases that it emits into the atmosphere especially in the international waters where it doesn't exist virtually legally um, so we are trying to say, look, you are a coffee importer of a very nice origin. Or you you know, you want to promote your coffee from Colombia or from Mexico, and we've got the capacity to move fifty or hundred, five hundred tons of coffee on your behalf. Um, would you think uh, that if for each voyage uh, we uh, can? Uh, Publish um, a film about the cooperative you work with, about uh, the uh, the stevedoring company that loaded the cargo, and then do a portrait of the, each of the sailors and give your end customer the exact GPS footprint, how the winds actually pushed the um, the ship uh, to the UK, and you could tell your end customer that you contributed to uh, the savings of 500 tons of CO2, which is about 110 grams per bag. Uh, do you think that would promote uh, your origin and the way you source your coffee in Colombia for something that uh, altogether uh, costs in the 10 or 15 pence per bag? Because that's only what it ever costs. And um, probably some would say yes. And this is what we are doing at the moment. There's a French company called Belco. Um, and um, they've booked uh, about 3,000 tons uh, with us uh, from Colombia, Mexico, from Brazil, from Ethiopia. So this is something, um, a good deal for the planet, uh, going beyond greenwashing, uh, promoting your terroir, your origin. It can be here for tropical products it can be uh, abroad for you know uh, people in the US don't always know that Champagne is also a French region and is good sometimes to remind it uh, and there's no better uh, way to promote an origin uh, a soil a way to do things a taste than to actually promote the way it's come to you so um, we're actually trying not to be sort of environmentalists or uh, uh, activists, but actually to promote a positive commercial offer on the in the logistics, um, something that's not easy. Uh, obviously, uh, shipping is something massive. It's something that's uh, very opaque in general, something that is very sort of leveled level down in terms of costs. And, you know, the, the cheaper, the better in terms of shipping. So we're trying to change that and offer something that's positive and that corresponds to uh, what uh, several companies uh, need now uh, to be concrete and tangible about the way they can contribute into making a better world in terms of carbon emissions, but also um, uh, speak to younger generations, uh, also think of themselves in 10, 20, 30 Years time, uh, because their current shipping contracts implies that they sort of re-sign it or re 
bargain it every every six months. So we are saying, look, we are signed together for ten years and something you don't, you know. And we're gonna have a beautiful ship coming, and uh, that's good for your image in general. And that costs much less than most of any sort of advertising campaign you might go into. And that's something that, you know, allows you to speak directly to your customer. It sort of go, goes without saying into the UK because you're an island and you all have someone that was uh, a sailor in your in your family somehow. But it's good to speak to, even on the continent, to anyone uh, uh, saying that, you know, 70 percent of the surface of the planet is blue uh, your uh, coffee uh, will never grow in your garden and we can think of a 21st century where we uh, try to curb climate change while trying to do things in a better way while still having a certain value over things that don't you, you were saying about going back to the past that's only partially right of course it's a six thousand year old tradition and skill and craft and know-how that we are using use also making the most of more modern technologies but in uh on out there in the on the blue uh ocean uh the only and very um uh abundant energy uh is wind and it's renewable and uh it's now very now i'm saying for for the past 10 or 15 years is now really predictable with you know new technology you can actually route your ship uh where you need to without you know uh, selling into the storm or without uh, really having no wins at all. So you can actually guarantee your service, uh, that's virtually nil carbon and, um, uh, that's efficient. That's actually efficient. That's what we, we offer 10 knots in 10 knots, a thousand tons. Uh, we cross, uh, the ocean, uh, from France, say to New York in 13 days. So that's something that's quite comparable to what the modern services, uh, offer. And uh, we need to actually uh, be efficient on all levels of the uh, value chain. And in that, uh, we are efficient. I'd Sorry, also that, say was a long, that was a long answer, wasn't it, Will? No, 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 no. It's brilliant. It's really, really good. Really descriptive. Um, Sorry and- about my English, by the way, to all the... Oh, uh, your, your English is fantastic. And if anyone is wanting to complain, they can more than welcome to come on to the podcast and speak in French. And um, as an Englishman, so therefore, uh, I don't think anyone will complain. It's always about enjoying, isn't it? (laughs) Um, I'd also say that um, what you have is you've put together the true cost of um, shipping, really. And I think that it was really interesting for you to to hear what you know your explanation around, say, five hundred pounds for that shipping container, and um, it costing. 0.000 pence per um, thing and yours is 15 pence i would say that 15 pence is actually the true cost and that's what should be taken into consideration when you buy coffee and you're also future you buy coffee you should say 14 and i'd probably say 16 yeah yeah 
No, no, because obviously the cost and the price and everything. Of course, uh, uh, we are put out a new generation ship. Maybe there's going to be other generations. What does a ton of CO2 into the atmosphere uh, cost to us? And what does it cost to uh, the, you know, 100 next generations after us? Uh, is something that's obviously, uh, this is the cost of all the efforts and best, you know, uh, service we can bring. Some things that also make it r realistic, and sort of democratic you can uh, have a really nice coffee for three four pound a, a, a coffee bag and you don't double the price as we currently do more or less because at the moment this is uh, uh, on uh, the ships that we work with uh, the uh, cost is higher than that uh, because this is the cost of uh, what it takes to use uh, existing traditional sailing vessels and cross the ocean with them yeah no, exactly. And I think you're future-proofing the way that we can buy and um, trade with each mm -hmm. other around the world as well, mm -hmm. because we do have to take into consideration the environmental cost. And I think people don't actually think about that. They, they'll look at the origin and they will look at who the company is and the way their company is. So are they a B Corp, for example? but they may not necessarily think about the whole supply chain um, within it. And um, there's a number of B Corps that are now quite large coffee companies that are B Corps or becoming B Corps in the UK. So purpose-driven coffee companies. And I would hazard a guess that they will listen and they will be watching your journey and start to think, mm, actually, um, tout makes sense with what they say and what they do. And... And I think, well, business and the and consumers have proven in the past that they uh, can uh, contribute to changing things. Look at what the organic labels have, have allowed. The uh, what is the uh, association in the UK? The Soil Association and what he uh, sort of uh, uh, certifies for the products that come from abroad. You know, that's actually allowed an improvement in the way agricultural practices uh, were performed around the world. Look at uh, the um, fair trade movement that's hopefully helped uh, uh, realign the uh, sort of uh, interests of the North and the South. And it's just that there's no carbon uh, label at the moment. You can't decipher. You can prefer a, a chocolate bar for what has been brought on the ship that, for instance, um, uh, does slow steaming, which is reducing its speed so as to reduce its footprint. So uh, we've been, for instance, looking at what the organic or the freight trade movements were doing. And uh, one is agricultural. One is about sort of local economy, about the sort of general uh, premium that's paid to the consumer. Um, but we realized we needed to do something entirely different. And uh, because you are eventually the end payer for uh, the maritime shipping, but you don't know anything about uh, uh, how your T-shirt has come from China. You can't even find out, even if you were to investigate uh, what ship bought uh, your uh, coffee from Mexico, say, to the UK. So even if you wanted to do something better for the planet, you couldn't. So we say the we don't say the the you know conventional fossil fuel cargo ships are bad. 
Well, we let the others say it. We just say that what we do is... No, we don't say I haven't said anything, did I? Uh, we just say that uh, what we do, at, with what we do, you've got to produce that uh, thanks to which you can find the information about the crossing and anyone understands that a, a 20 knot westerly prevailing wind allows you to come, you know, in a favorable manner uh, back to Europe. And uh, this is how we want to explain this, because this is part of our sort of maritime identity, dignity, and we're all part of it. We, we all should know uh, what happens out there on the sea uh, uh, for um, the products for, from overseas. So, um, of course, there is a business mind, a commercial approach in what we do. And the Simois, for instance, they're quite big in France. This is the first chocolate makers. Uh, they fill our hole uh, up to 12,000 tons of cocoa beans from Abidjan, Ivory Coast, uh, uh, to France. And these are not exactly this is, you know, the small guys uh, uh, that sort of buy two bags of coffee a year, which is also what we do, uh, and we respect very much because they are our customers. Uh, but it's a um, company that's able to make its own decisions and uh, not to be lured by uh, greenwashing, as, as there are many uh, uh, initiatives that more or less greenwash the future of shipping. Uh, there's plenty of litres of green paint around for all sorts of labels, uh, industry-wide uh, sort of uh, uh, initiatives that don't actually reduce anything. With a sailing ship, either you're on board and you know it's an impeccable uh, way of transporting it, you can value it, there's no cheating about it, no sort of, or you're not on board. And, uh, you you know, and there's either or. And, um, of course, there's the romantics about it because we're aware of it, you know, every the, our sort of very sort of culture and civilization was based on sale. But we don't we don't really put it forward because it's all sort of uh, sort of somehow uh, untold. There's something that's uh, just part of the general sort of spirits ar uh, ar around it. It's really about the footprint, about the uh, maritime expertise, about our sailors, and about uh, uh, how the wind is actually, you know, the best way to uh, to transport uh, cargo across the ocean. Sail is only a way to harness the wind. You were mentioning, uh, um, of course, the kites. Uh, kites are, if if all of the fifty thousand uh, conventional fossil fuel cargo ships had kites, obviously the sort of general uh, uh, the global fleet uh, emission would be uh, going down by something like ten or fifteen percent, which would be great. But as such, a kite doesn't move a large sailing car, uh, a large. Um, cargo ship it sort of helps when you got the adaptable or the favorable winds you can hoist it and then it sort of uh, lowers uh, your consumption and emissions so you don't switch off the engine with a kite um uh, you've yeah, got other sense. ways you've got like all sorts of wings and ideas and 3d uh, um pictures on the web uh what's good with sail is that We've got centuries or, or more 
of of uh, experience uh now textile has allowed us to build larger size more efficient and it's got a, the best with let's say one unit of energy from the wind this is the best way this is the best yield to transform the energy in speed for um for a sailing ship uh you could put uh a windmill on board um, a ship and transform the energy into the propeller, you would probably multiply 0.1 by 0.1. And at the end of the day, your your ship wouldn't move and would be dangerous and you would need your engine anyway. With sails, uh, you take you make the most of the uh, wind energy uh, to actually move your ship on long distances with l big displacements. Sorry, talking about future generations. Bear with me. One second, I'm right here. So wind is sail is not just Pirates of the Caribbean. Well, it's not at all actually. Is um, it is a scientifically uh, proven uh, way to harness the power of wind. Yeah. No. And how like, how did you get into this? Were you are you a sailor? Are you is this what you um did beforehand are you an engineer um what what's your backstory for this well i'm i'm not a professional sailor i was a young sailor when i was six seven years old with my grandfather in southern Brittany, and we were sailing uh without gps without really knowing you know where we were, where we were. and uh that was back in the sort of late 80s early 90s and uh, this is only afterwards that I realized that back then I sort of intuited, I sort of felt the power of wind. You know, you can't just sheet your sail with your, you know, with your arms like that. You know, even on a five meter boat, you need to be, uh, this is really strong and that blows all the time. And uh, why don't we just use it? You know, that was the sort of initial sort of seed that was planted in my brain back then. And then I started. Well, I actually studied, you know, far from the sea in in, in Lyon, well, far anyway, and uh, sort of wrote my dissertation about Kyoto and uh, the way maybe the cap and trade thing about putting back the price of carbon on the on the market might actually, you know, as if the invisible hand has ever did anything sensible uh, to the environment. Um, but maybe it was. Well, remember 2005 or six. you know, we thought that we might start stop doing silly things because Kyoto really raised a lot of hopes. You know, he really, yeah. he really thought he was, you know, we realized, you know, Al Gore had published The Inconvenient Truth and suddenly we realized that the ice were melting and that, oh, we've got uh, no way, uh, not, not even to go back, but even to stop that. And just living makes us uh, warm the climate. So, you know, that was a bit, and maybe Kyoto might help. Um, of course it didn't. Um, and I uh, worked for a couple of years in sort of trying to do the carbon finance thing, uh, actually in the UK as well. And when I was in England, I uh, went back to sail a little bit down to Brighton and sort of started to do it the, the English way, which is a bit, a bit sporty, a bit uh, crossing the channel with, you know, 
five strong guys and go to Sherberg and down five pints and then you know <laughs> no and then say it back and you know whew, that was the weekend and uh, so okay that was interesting um, that was uh, and my idea really was how to um, trying to give a meaning uh, to say what do we go out sailing for is that for pleasure seeking oh well okay and that's quite you know sort of selfish or that or not selfish but that's of course that's the best way to discover the element and to uh, the tides and winds and you know uh, obviously the physics around a boat you know there's not that many ways the racing thing the racing is just another way to go around circles just slightly faster but obviously they also helped you know new technologies to you know to rise a bit like formula one um and uh, I was thinking in 2006-7 maybe to buy a 15-meter steel catch with two friends and stop working, go to the Dominic. That was back in the times, actually, where in central London all these sort of farmer's market were sort of, you know, organic thing and, you know, fair trade. And we thought that we would be sort of, um, uh, what is that, Spillfield Market, that sort of place, you know, and uh, have a locally roasted um, organic sale, low-carbon sale-transported coffee. We thought that there was a case, there was something, an opportunity to do. And then we would be sailing for five months and bring back, two tons and do the event selling of the Thames and that would have been great and it's just that we had no experience in uh, the logistics, the customs, so, you know we could be sort of done in the you know, you, and how about coffee? I heard you go out there and buy coffee in the mountain uh, I'm just saying this because I've got, a, I'm surrounded with bags of organic Colombian coffee right now because this is actually what we did um, and I realised <laughs> that we would do it um well, and my friends thought that was just some sort of funny idea, you know. And I was that was my fixed idea. And um, and then I met with Diana, who's currently my uh, associate in in everything really. And uh, she was really a bit of a serial entrepreneur. She had a business sort of uh, thinking, and uh, said, you know, we we should do a company, and because uh, you you could do an NGO, you could do a political party, you could do some sort of a. You could do a circus, you know. You could do, a, you know. There's plenty of ways to do sail cargo, um, or um, a PR company. Uh, but we thought that that was going to be a company. Uh, you know, we had, even though we knew that that was going to be hard, and that obviously there's no money. And uh, but uh, if you don't prove anything in terms of your ability. To make a living out of it, uh, then there's no point, you know, the, the big cargo, uh, fossil fuel ship will have prevailed. So we knew that was going to be hard, that we were nothing, uh, we weren't even a drop in the ocean and that the ocean was really big. And then, um, for a couple of years, I, uh, oh, I came back to France and started working. Well, that's a long story. Anyway, I developed, uh, I spent most of my time developing f what that was going to become. 
And then I met, well, that, that was identifying all the larger sailing ships. We sort of made the decision that we would be charting existing sailing vessels, not start by saying that we would build a ship of the future and then tweeting and retweeting it and then waiting for, you know, uh, we thought, no, okay, let's do it. Let's charter, let's work with uh, existing uh the, uh, ships, you know, there are really big sailing ships out there. There must be some that, you know, might carry these two tons or maybe 20 tons of coffee. And we met with one called Tres Hombres, uh, one of the pioneers of the fleet, uh, who was in 2010 crossing the ocean for the first time, and they're going to do it for the 10th time, um, bringing back rum and cocoa beans and coffee. So we started selling it and distributing it, chartering the ship from uh, Devon to Brittany and distribute organic relay from England to the, to, to the Breton uh, organic markets. And then from there, we developed a small sort of trade uh, business, not for the sake of trade, uh, uh, but because we wanted to promote a sale uh, cargo labels uh, and to pay the boats for a new activity and diversify what they could be doing, um, uh, but also to f know the, pro the products better, know... And I realized that now speaking to Semua, for instance, I know what a, a criollo, a forastero are, or what a cadmium rate means into a cocoa, into cocoa bean, or how you roast your cocoa beans and all that experience was gained over the years or how you keep your, the duty suspended over the alcohol that you transport for. And so what sort of documents you need customs wise. So we were, we were really gaining in experience of the, of the cargoes, of the sort of, logistical expertise you need to have around this but also um my sort of sailing thing was coming back and um needed to study how the winds were blowing over the year uh, on the atlantic uh because of you obviously the seasons the trade winds that you were bringing up have their own seasons and can they actually work with the uh, uh coffee harvest season actually they do very naturally and um so we and also the contracts you know how do you charter a vessel where is the money how do you you know how do you get on with the sailors how do you you know uh value everybody and uh you don't and uh, so we chartered several french uh, ships as well new new larger ships uh turned up we can quote the greyhound we can quote the aventure uh, and uh the the gallant for instance and all these uh like coming back from the past it's sort of floating anachronisms but they're here and they carry all together hundreds of tons of cargo and they do it right now with hundreds of sailors around them, you know, ship owners, uh, uh, we are part of that sail cargo movement, say, uh, and uh, promote uh, leverage with a label, uh, the fact that these products have been brought by sale. It does exist, believe it or not, and it has a, it's not that expensive. And um, as of 2015, we really started sort of, uh, thinking, investing, doing, you know, looking for grants for the um, R&D in the field of the newer ships. So then um, there were designs out there of really large sailing vessels over 100 meters, such as the Eco Liner or the B9 ship from 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 England. And the decision was, well, the thinking, you have to have a strategy at some point when you're 
David and then you need to fight Goliath. Uh, you, the, you, you know, when you're really, you know, when you're, you know, the Palestinian and there's, there's, a, there's the Israeli <laughs> tank, <laughs> you need to have a strategy. You don't just go out, you know, we were, are we gonna sort of build all the first new sailing cargo ships? Are they going to be trying to be as cheap as the, uh, you know, 400 meter, uh, container carriers? Do you want to, uh, compete with the 500, uh, uh, quid, uh, container, uh, for crossing from Mexico? Well, mm, if we do that, uh, anyway, you know, this is okay. We wouldn't probably need to wait for the oil price to raise, or we would need for new sort of uh, more demanding environmental regulation on the internet, the IMO, the International Maritime Organization. And then that's another head of a sort of, you know, let's not do that. Let's value what we do for something that costs a few pence, uh, uh, a, cho- a, a, a chocolate bar, a coffee. A bag or a bottle of rum and something that makes it sort of happen and break the ceiling of uh, so the sort of larger uh, market and not go for uh, 130 something uh, like five mastered uh, sailing vessel because it's very risky very risky financially you would sort of be um, reaching out to markets where you're so big anyway that most of the sort of freight forwarders or the cargo owners, uh, you know, they used to have anything, you know, if not cheaper, not at all. You know, this is the, the 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 cheaper the better. What? Why would they pay you know anything more than what they already pay? They've got no uh, incentives for it. So we thought that given the uh, current technologies, what we could do, given the sort of freight rates, being able to charge something like 50 pence, 40 pence per kilo to cross the ocean um, is something that we think is, um, you know, we can work on this uh, for going for thousands of tons. And that would, with that, we would need uh, to carry a thousand tons uh, eight times a year going around the the ocean. Um, and uh, steel, steel hull, steel masts, uh, um, mechanized largely, um, with seven sailors, you can have passengers, and then uh, you can start, change, and you don't uh, do iron ore, of course, and we don't, you know, move around, I don't know, tractors or things like that. Uh, of course, this is the traditional rules of importing, again, cocoa beans, coffee, but... Uh, um, Agave syrup, is that how you say it? You know, that thing from Mexico. Uh, Or maple syrup, uh, sugars, uh, spices, and exporting to the Caribbean uh, products that they they need from here. Export to New York, use the most, make the most of our being French, and export the best champagnes and cognacs and wines to uh, Northern America and to Canada. Coming back from there, from uh, uh, wood, Actually, wood to uh, for barrel makers in France, um, exporting jams. The famous, uh, I can't quote it, jam from France that's very posh and so French and chic in uh, in the U.S. And uh, importing uh, cocoa beans from uh, Ivory Coast, but also exporting their champagne because they're very keen on champagne. So these are all the markets that a produce can uh, be shipped for 50 cents a kilo Mm. with a nice label, with a nice identity, giving hope to brands that sometimes needs to rejuvenate uh, to 
to be younger, is that, uh, you know, to, to, and to address to younger uh, clients. And n no, none of them are, are, you know, the sort of publicly traded where you need, you know, 50 people to agree and sit in the same room and no one ever sits in the same room anyway. And they sort of keep cussing at each other. Uh, and you never really get to the, uh, no one ever decides and, you know, because they're too big anyway. Um, but if you go to family business, family businesses can be big, huh? and, uh, but you can uh, tell them that sale cargo is not about logistics only. It's not about only your supply chain. You're going to have to change your supply chain. You're going to have to change the way you store your things, the way you understand your own, you know, um, uh, just-in-time thing and, you know, thinking financially of your, of your different fluxes. But you uh, can also gain in terms of general image, PR, but also label can actually change your the way you actually commercialize, your, the, the way you sell your products. And um, we've got even other uh, points to put forward. Uh, the quality inside our hulls is sometimes better. Well, it's always better than in containers. It smells better, for instance. So when you uh, load cocoa beans, which is fatty and sort of capture all smells, you are, you know, really happy that you can vent your uh, your holes and that you can, you know, make sure it doesn't stink because that's what actually happens. You lower quality of the cocoa bean coming in. Uh, we can age spirits, and this is a, a non-negligible a uh, part of our income. We actually age wine and spirits because the holes and the temperature variation, uh, uh, you know, we got contracts for, for aging wine and, and cognacs and rums. So these are all the, oh, we got passengers possibly, and um, these all make uh, it uh, viable uh, to build the first ships. So this is what we're doing. Mm. Brilliant, brilliant, brilliant. brilliant. I mean, it brilliant. sounds absolutely fantastic what you guys are doing. And um, and then you go see the bankers. Sorry, I'm just going to the next day. Because the bankers look at, looks at you like, whoa, this guy is such a lunatic. And he said, you know, I'm the head of shipping in uh, the the biggest bank of the world. Uh, well, not maybe, but let's say the biggest French bank. Uh, and, you know, we know what it's like, uh, you know, shipping. And uh, we don't work for uh, less than 500 million euros. Okay, okay, sorry, no, I don't need that much. But I would just need, you know, and I started. But there are clever people, you know, they can, you know, you, you can talk to. I say, and after an hour, they are like, you know, Shipping finance, uh, shipping finance, uh, obviously, you know, shipping created finance almost, you know, and finance created shipping somehow, this sort of, they're intertwined. And um, actually, it's quite simple. You've got six categories of ships, and there's a, a purchase price, there's a price, there's a second market rate, and then a sort of, a, you know, ocean in which the ship is going to sail, more or less, or there's a job he's going to do. And that's three figures. And if the light is green, then you, you got 500 million, you know, and build your ships and do your thing, you know. But how much is uh, worth your ship in the second market? How much is la la la? Oh, that's very risky. So come on, you know, it's not, this is a very small ship. It only costs, you know, 10 million. And, uh, uh, sorry, I can't help you. So this is, you even need to be innovating, um, in terms of finance, so we are actually trying to go to the actually fundraising and go to the um, renewable energy funds. Oh, we've got really good, you know, really good news at the moment, so we're really happy with it, uh, and people understand the 
the tangible well the, the reality behind it uh but it's just that you need to change a bit things even in uh the money behind it etc it's um it sounds like you've got an awful lot going on and um i want to thank you for being on this um podcast it's sorry i've been a bit long will haven't I? No, it's been a really, really easy podcast, actually, because all I've done is listen. I feel like I've been a listener. And um, sometimes it's really, that's actually really nice because, you know, that's what we are here for. I, we're, we're not listening to me. We're listening to the person that we're talking to and we're learning from them. And um, it's just fascinating what you have gone through and the fact that you are learning all this from scratch. Absolutely. And the fact that, you know, you are working in a very, very old, old shipping industry. Mm-hmm. And um, it'll be, it's just, in, it'll be interesting to see what goes on um, for the future because we know that shipping has to change. We are already starting to see elements of that, um, be it through electric shipping. Um, so therefore, you are a part of that journey and you will probably be pushing people into uh, more of a change as well and so thank you for being that catalyst and um thank you for being on the show yeah no worries at all thank you uh will for for having me and thank you all to have the patience to listen to me if you reach that to that point <laughs> i'm sure they will <laughs>